بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد. Today inshallah we continue with the explanation of the four principles and today bi'ithnillahi ta'ala is the final lesson and we end this with the fourth principle with the fourth principle the Sheikh Muhammad ibn Wahhab ta'ala mentions in the, regarding the fourth principle and he says anna mushriki zamanina aghladu shirkan min al-awwalin لأن الأولين يشركون في الرخاء ويخلصون في الشدة ومشركوا زماننا شركهم شركهم دائم في الرخاء والشدة ودليل ودليل قوله تعالى فإذا ركبوا في الفلك دعوا الله مخلصين له الدين فلما نجاهم إلى البر إذا هم يشركون. So here the Sheikh says. And he says that the Mushrikeen, the polytheists of our time, their shirk is worse than the shirk of the Awaleen, the shirk of the earlier polytheists. He says because the early polytheists, they used to commit shirk in times of ease and they used to dedicate I mean, the actions of worship for Allah alone during their times of difficulty. And the Mushrikeen, I mean, the polytheists of our time, their shirk is constant during times of ease and times of difficulty. And the evidence is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when they embark upon the ships, they call upon Allah with sincerity for Him, making His religion sincerely for Him. But when He saves them and He brings them to safety and to the land, behold, and they commit shirk. Sheikh Abdul Razak he mentions regarding this principle. He says, "Thumma khatam hadi al-qawaid al-arba' bihadi al-qawida al-azima." So that the Sheikh he ended and he concluded the four principles with this great principle, and he says, "This principle is indeed important, and in reality is a very very important." And the author says. أَنَّ مُشْرِكِي زَمَانِنَا أَغْلَظُ شِرْكًا مِنَ الْأَوَّلِينَ That the polytheists of our times, that their shirk is worse than the shirk of the earlier polytheists. لماذا? The Sheikh asks, why? قال, so the author, and he gave the answer, when he said, لِأَنَّ الْأَوَّلِينَ يُشْرِكُونَ فِي الرَّخَاءِ وَيُخْلِصُونَ فِي الشِّدَّةِ That the earlier polytheists, they used to commit shirk during their times of ease, and they used to make their worship sincerely for Allah during their times of 
difficulty. So the Sheikh says, what is the meaning of this? That they used to commit shirk during their times of ease, but they used to dedicate their actions of worship sincerely for Allah during their times of difficulty. And he says, and during the times that they were healthy, during the times that they were safe, they felt safe, during their times of ease, okay, during the times where they were free from any type of difficulty, during, during, those, during those times, they used to commit shirk with Allah Azza wa Jal by worshipping others along with Him. For example, they worship the trees and the stones and the angels, etc., etc. Whereas during their times of difficulty, and meaning where things got really difficult for them, their affairs became difficult, their calamities became even worse, they never, during those times, they never turned to their idols, they never turned to those that they worship besides Allah Azza wa Jal. They never turned to them during those times of difficulties, but instead, during those times, they turned to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala alone, making all of the actions of worship sincerely for Him. The Sheikh says, Hakadakan. This is how they were. Okay, this is how the early polytheists used to be. He, he and he indicating a meaning with the early polytheists and the polytheists during the time of the Prophet They are the ones he being referred to as the, the early polytheists. The earlier polytheists. So what is the, de the, the evidence for this? The Sheikh says, what is the evidence for this? And the evidence as the author mentions that إِذَا رَكِبُوا فِي الْفُلْكِ دَعَوُ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينِ فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ إِذَا هُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and when they embark upon their ships, they call upon Allah alone, making his religion sincerely for him. But when he brings them to safety, to land, to the land, behold, they ascribe partners to him, they commit shirk with him. So here we see only the first part of the verse. <coughs> this is how their state was. Hadihi <coughs> haluhum, as the, the uh, Sheikh Abdul Razak mentions. This is what their state, and this is how they were. And the al-mushrikun al-awwal, the earlier polytheist. So when they used to embark upon their, their ships, and the wind used to come, and the high winds, strong winds used to come, and it would cause uh, massive waves, okay, and it would bash against the, their boats, and they would see as if they were going to be, they were going to drown, etc. Or they may drown, get calamity upon the sea. And due to that bad weather. So here at that point, he says, أَخْلَصُ They used to make the actions of worship sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَقَدْ يَقُولُ 
So during those times, they would only say, Ya Rab, Ya Rab. They say, My Lord, Oh my Lord, Oh my Lord. Okay, these are the only things they would say. Okay, they will never call upon Lat and Uzza and their other deities. They will never call upon them. And nor any other than them. Okay. They would never call upon their deities whom, who, which they worshipped during their times of ease. Okay, the times when they felt safe upon the land, they felt healthy, there was no calamities. So they would never call upon those deities. They would only say during their times of calamities, Ya Rab, Ya Rab, O oh my Lord, O oh my Lord, referring to Allah and calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay, so when the, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions مخلصين الدين, in this verse, making his religion sincerely for him, and meaning making the actions of worship sincerely for him. Sheikh Abdul Razak, he says, إِخْلَاسٌ تَامٌ والطلب. They used to have a, they used to perfect their sincerity during those times by turning only to Allah, by only asking Allah and only requesting from Allah. And their intermediaries which they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during their times of ease, all of these would, as if it would fall behind their eyes, as if they would have no other deities except Allah. It would go from there, from their minds. They would forget the, the false deities which they worship besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> so here, the Sheikh he emphasizes, and he says, I need the evidence for this. We need to understand the evidence for this is this evidence that is before us. So when they used to embark upon their ships, meaning the, the mushrikeen, the earlier polytheists. Yeah, when you used to embark upon their ships, okay, they used to make their actions of worship sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. So when they embarked upon their ships, okay, they were afraid of drowning. They were afraid of the, the wind and the waves, etc., the bad weather. They were afraid for their lives. They would only call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when Allah brought them to safety, to the land, when they reached the land, they felt safe. They didn't feel the calamity. The calamity is over. Okay? It's not possible for them to drown. Because now they're on the land. So during those times when they felt safe, therefore, they used to go back to their idol worship. They used to go back to worshipping the stones, the trees, the angels, etc., etc., So here, Ali the Sheikh he says, Walihada, and for this re reason, and he read the siyaq, and he read any the verse, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he clarified the state of the polytheist. 
read the siyaq and he said you will understand any that of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do all things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able and he to cause them a calamity and he during their times during and he at sea and also during their times on the land Okay, so the affair is the same. If Allah is able to put a calam calamity on a people on a ship at sea, therefore He is still able to put a similar calamity as intense as that one or even more during their times on, the, on land. So He says this affair is and the same. Allah is able to destroy you at sea and Allah is able to destroy you on the land. There is no difference. There is no difference between this. You can meet your end on the sea and you can meet your end. Your end. At the end of your life on the land and as well. Sheikh Abdul Razak says, لِلْمُشْرِكِ So therefore, it is said to a mushrik and a person who worships others besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. إِذَا كُنْتَ تُؤْمِنْ أَنَّهُ لَا يُنْجِيكَ فِي الْبَحْرِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَكَذَلِكَ لَا يُنْجِيكَ فِي الْبَرِّ إِلَّا اللَّهِ If you truly believe that there is no one who can save you at sea except Allah, so therefore similarly, likewise, there is no one who can save you when you are on the land as well. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ قَادِرْ عَلَيْكَ فِي الْبَرِّ وَفِي Because Allah, He is able. And in both situations, on the land and on, at sea, He is able and he, to save you. He has the ability and the power to save you. So therefore, the question and you pose to them, so therefore, your idols, what are they able to do for you? What are they able to do for you during any the time that you spend on the land where you feel safe? In reality, what are they able to do for you? So the Sheikh says, I need to read and this verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this verse in the Quran where Allah Azza wa says, Rabbukum alladhi رَبُّكُمُ الَّذِي يُزْجِي لَكُمُ الْفُلْكِ فِي الْبَحْرِ لِتَبْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِهِ إِنَّهُ كَانَ بِكُمْ رَحِيمًا وَإِذَا مَسَّكُمُ الدُّرُّ فِي الْبَحْرِ ضَلَّ مَنْ تَدْعُونَهُ إِلَّا إِيَّاهِ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says It is your Lord and who drives the ships for you through the sea in order that you may seek his bounty indeed he is merciful to you and when calamity touches you when you at sea everything that you call upon besides him vanish except him and he accept him. So here, the Sheikh says, and Sheikh Abdul Razak, 
and, and this is clarifying the hal and the state of the mushrikeen as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions and when he brought you to safety to the land, you turned away. And indeed, mankind is ever ungrateful. So the saying of Allah, so everything that you call upon besides him, or everything that you call upon, vanishes except him. Okay, meaning everything that people and he ascribed partners to Allah, all of those idols, etc., etc., whom are worshipped, all of them vanish in the mind of the person, except Allah Azza wa Jal, during their times of calamity. So all of those things that they have attached their hearts to, that they constantly call upon, etc., and they put their hope in, they all vanish, they all are forgotten. So therefore, the only... And the only, or it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who remains to their minds, only Allah whom they remember. Because they knew that, that it's only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is able and to save them. So therefore, and this verse, and indeed it is and clear, it is clear regarding the state of the polytheist. And also here, the mushrikeen, they need to be posed the question, why do you only sincerely worship Allah when you're in times of difficulty at sea, when you are on the land, you feel safe, and you go back to worshipping others besides Allah. Those things whom you know, or which you know, are unable to save you at sea. How can they save you on the land? Why do you turn to them? What is the point of turning to them if they are not even able to turn to save you uh, during your times of calam calamity at sea? Allah mentions, Sikadullah says, And when he brings you to safety, to the land. أَعْرَضْتُمْ You turn away from him. وَكَانَ الْإِنسَانُ kafura, And indeed, and mankind is ever ungrateful. He says, in Tabi, pay attention. أَأَمِنْتُمْ Allah Azza says, أَأَمِنْتُمْ أَنْ يَخْسِفَ بِكُمْ جَانِبَ الْبَرِ Very important verse here, to make them reflect upon this issue. Do you feel safe that he will not cause a side of the land to swallow you up? This is a verse in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa mentions, Do you feel safe that he will not cause, meaning that he, Allah, will not cause a, a side of the land and he to swallow you up? So this indeed is a point of reflection for them. If they think that when they go on the land, they feel safe, that nothing can happen to them, so therefore they worship others besides Allah. Do they feel safe? Okay, and during this first places that question, do you feel safe that when you are, uh, during, or you are on the land that 
the land cannot swallow you up and indeed nobody is safe from that yeah, during those times when you're feeling safety you're feeling relaxed good health etc etc so therefore if this question is posted and then the reality and they have to say is indeed no of course maybe Allah can cause the land to swallow them up something can happen and they can be swallowed in the land and they can die that'll be the end of their life and with a uh, with such a calamity so therefore that security that they feeling on the land should they be feeling that security should they be feeling that so secure that they feel that it is okay to return to the idol worship and they ascribe and they continue to ascribe partners to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So therefore the Shaykh says, إِذَنْ لِمَاذَ تَعُودُونَ إِلَى الشِّرْكِ Then why do you turn back to shirk? After you've been saved from the sea, why do you turn and back to shirk? during your times of ease and also another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or that he will bring or that he will, he will bring not any a violent storm any upon you there is something else either the land may swallow you up or Allah may send a violent storm and he upon them and that might as well and he caused their de death by way of a calamity on the land do you feel safe and secure from that 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 is will not happen do you feel safe from these two things just do things that can occur either you swallowed by the land or Secondly, that Allah sends a violent wind, storm, which brings pebbles, etc., etc., what it brings, and that will cause you death. You will be swallowed by the earth, or you will be, or you will, your life will end by way of this violent storm, etc. So these are two possibilities that can occur on the land. So do they feel safe? Do they have that... Uh, that reason to feel safe on the land to justify their idol worship and indeed if they truly contemplated in these their answer if they were truthful their answer would be and that they're not secure they not feel safe on the land so therefore the way you act on the sea where you are during times of Calamity act the same way when you're on the land during your times of ease. Meaning by worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and and calling upon him alone, making dua and for him, making dua to him and asking for your needs. So indeed, there's things here and that they need to think about in which a person can pose those questions and to them. And also a third, a third point here for them to think. So when have you reached the land and you feel safe 
and they've gone back to their idol worship. Do they feel secure that Allah will not return them back to the sea? Do they feel secure that Allah will not make them have a need that they will have to go back to the sea to travel, to take a ship, to go to a certain place or etc. etc. for them to acquire their needs. Indeed that is possible. Allah is able to do that. So therefore if you feel yourself safe now from that storm on the sea, you got to the land, now you feel safe and secure, now you justify your idol worship because of your safety that you feel now do you feel safe, safe secure that Allah will not make something happen that will cause you that you will embark on another ship and go on the sea for you to in search of your needs, for you to acquire your needs? Indeed, the answer will be, of course, they not feel safe and secure that that will not happen. So therefore, don't you fear that Allah will cause this to happen? You get back on the sea and you fall into another storm. Again, another any time of calamity. So therefore, any the the purpose here is to make them think that indeed, therefore, in all of your situations, you need to be worshiping Allah Subhanahu wa Taala alone. So this was the state of the earlier polytheists. This is the way, any they they were during times of difficulty. They would worship Allah alone. During their times of ease, they will basically make their claims and the reasons in their heads for them to go back to their idol worship. Uh, the Sheikh mentions I mean, a story of uh, a companion who accepted Islam after being saved from the sea. Okay, and he says uh, that uh, he mentions that and he, of course, he was from the one of the mushrikeen, and the reason for him entering, entering into al-Islam was and he, due to a calamity that he had, had befallen him whilst he was at sea. And he says this is, is important to contemplate in this, in this story. So he said that they were at sea. Okay, the mushrikeen, the group of mushrikeen, they were at sea. And it was nearly that they were about to drown okay, the, the ship was about to sink so as if they've seen Ali their death in front of them the end of their life so therefore Ali they all of them they made the actions of worship sincerely for Allah they were called up only upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay uh, so he said okay, that companion okay, and he was called an Iqrima ibn Abi Jahl لَإِنْ كَانَ يَا لَا يُخَلِّصُنِي مِنْ هَذَا الْكَرْبِ فِي هَذَا الْمَكَانِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ فَلَا يُخَلِّصُنِي مِنْهُ فِي الْبَرِّ إِلَّا اللَّهِ So at that point he thought to himself, if nothing can save me from this calamity and in this place, meaning on the sea, except Allah, so therefore there is no one who can and he make me safe or protect me when I am on the land except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, Allah 
I will go I need to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam so he said it is I need upon me that if Allah allows me to live past this past this calamity I will go to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and I will give him the pledge of Al-Islam so Allah and he brought them to safety and when he reached the land he did exactly what he had said he went to the Prophet وسلم, and he accepted an Islam and said so this is a very important reflection and a very important story and regarding how this Sahabi this companion entered into Al-Islam so during the, his time of calamity he realized that if it is only Allah who can save us here so therefore it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who can save us in our affairs as well on the dunya so therefore he thought to himself so therefore why is he worshipping others besides Allah Azza wa Jalla when he is during his times of and his safety and ease on the land so therefore and he, that was and he a point for him and he to turn to Al-Islam and accept Al-Islam and become a Muslim and sincerely worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and to abandon the false and the deities so here as well any the the musannif any the author and he mentions again any that the uh, it continues as for the polytheists of our times then and their state is worse and their shirk is worse they commit shirk during their times of ease and their times of difficulty and it's different from the early polytheists the early polytheists during the times of calamity they worship only Allah they forget the idols during their times of ease they go back to idol worship whilst he says that the polytheists in our times they commit shirk during times of ease and during their times of difficulty they do not and he separate these two so therefore and the shirk says if they are in a ship and they are about to taste death they seeing their death in front of them that they going to die what will they do or what do they do in reality what do they do instead of turning to Allah they turn to their idols their deities and those pious whom they worship in the graves because their hearts are attached to them okay you'll find them they raising the hands okay and they're saying ya fulan adrikna ya fulan say oh fulan oh so and so okay come to us or so and so I mentions as well the sheikh mentions save us or so and so save us and they say oh so and so if you don't save us then no one can and this how the extreme of the shirk and they go to compared to the earlier polytheists so they call upon the dead they call upon those in the graves and they say I seek refuge in you okay or I take refuge in you I'm turning to you here okay, etc etc 
during their times of calamity this is what they do and he's a polytheist in our time هذا شرك and this is shirk وهذا الشرك ما كان المشركون يفعلونه في حال الشدة and he says this and the shirk the polytheist and the earlier polytheist they never used to do this during their times of difficulty during their times of difficulty and they used to make their actions of worship sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is a big difference and between the early polytheists and the polytheists of our time and as mentioned before the Sheikh mentioned in this explanation uh, he said that he read in and he some uh, books that there was a group of people on a ship okay, and they nearly were about to drown okay, and what happened is everyone on that ship they started to call upon their deity and they worship besides Allah and they will call upon them, Ya Fulan, okay, Ya Sheikh Fulan. They will call upon them, Oh Sheikh Fulan, Sheikh so and so, okay, come and save us, help us, save us from here. So every one of them, they were calling upon their, their deity, okay, their Sheikh, etc., etc. And there was one man amongst them, and he was upon and he Tawheed, an old man. Okay, so he looked around and he saw that everybody is calling upon a different deity. And there is no one amongst those people who are calling upon Allah, who is saying, Oh Allah, Oh Allah. There is none amongst them who is saying that. So he, this man who is upon Tawheed, he raised his hands and he said, Ya Rabb Aghriq. He said, Oh my Lord, drown us. Oh my Lord, sink this ship. Because there is no one upon this boat, this boat, this boat or the ship, who worships you. Everybody, and he is calling upon their different deities. And this is, and he, a situation. And he, indeed, it is, and it's sad to hear, how during the times of difficulty, people will call upon their different sheikhs, get their different deities, and not call upon Allah, Subhanahu. So now the Sheikh says there's a question that comes that a person may ask at this point, which is why does the mushrikeen of our times therefore uh, commit shirk during their times of ease and their times of difficulty? Why do they commit shirk during both during both times? What is the reason? And this question comes. So he says, I say to you, and behind these, there is misguiding imams, misguiding leaders, misguiding religious leaders, etc., etc. Scholars, misguiding these imams. He was Shuyukh al Batil. And those false sheikhs, those false scholars, and he claiming themselves to be scholars. What they do, and he behind what the reason that these people 
commit shirk during both times, one of the reason is because, and the main reason is because of them. They implant within the hearts of those people that they connect themselves only to those deities. They attach, they make the people attach their hearts and depend upon those righteous people who passed in the graves, for example, or their sheikhs or their imams are passed. And this is clear, he says, in their books. This is written in their books. In their books, he said, you will read and you will see, it says to them, okay, they say to the people, in Adrakta, okay, if you come and you be in a situation, a calamity, okay, and you see before you and a calamity, okay, wherever you are on the face of the earth, it says, call upon my name. That's what they say. And in the books they've written, this is what they, they've written in there. So they write their books for the people and they leave it with the people and they say, if you are in any situations, difficult situation, any calamity, he said, call upon my name. Call upon my name and you'll see me by your side. I will, I'm taking you by your hand. And they say as well, even after my death, حَتَّى بَعْدَ مَوْتِي لَا Even after my death, do not forget. Even after my death, call upon me, call upon me on my name. And I will come out to you, and I will take you by your hand. So this is the things which you find in the books of those, and in these false sheikhs. This is what you find, and there's a lot of these in their books. And in there, they say that these things are from their miracles. This is how they, and they fool the people. So these things are their miracles. These miracles that's been given, given for them, especially for them. Okay, they said these are their miracles, that they are able to save people at sea, people who are drowning, etc., etc. But if they call upon their names, then they will come and they will save those people. And he says, even if uh, Afwan uh, there is a book as well and it, that mentions and it, those those shuyukh which are false and it, one of them they mentioned that it is from his miracle okay that uh, basically and he engaged in something with a female donkey okay he engaged within something with a female donkey. Okay? When some of them tell him, why do you do this? Why do you do this type of practice? He said, this is a miracle for me. With this thing, with this miracle, I am able, I need to reach a higher level where I can cause a ship or I can bring a ship I need to safety when they are about, I need to, and the people are about to drown at sea. So he says, so a lot of people, they read these and they believe in them. 
it's full stories. And these stories, the, those people read and read and read it, and it sinks into their hearts. It sinks into their hearts. They continue to read those things and sinks into their hearts and sinks into their hearts. Even at the time of death, those people at the time of death, will they call upon Allah? Will they say kalimat tawheed? Will they say la ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah? No, what are they do? What will they do? Or what do they actually do? They call upon the name of their sheikh. They call upon Sheikh Fulan, Sheikh Fulan, Sheikh Fulan. They're about to die. They're calling Sheikh Fulan, they're Sheikh Fulan. And they are dying and with words of shirk, major shirk, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a situation indeed which is and it's painful to see. It is sad to see that a person is about to die. This poor person, and he miskeen, he does not have a lot of knowledge, he does not know much, he's ignorant, he's about to die. And instead of saying, and the shahada la ilaha illallah, instead of calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he calls upon the names of this sheikh, this imam, and his soul is about to leave and his body. He's about to leave this dunya. And he's calling and upon and those false imams, those false scholars. And he's dying in a state of shirk. Yeah? Not worshipping Allah. He's not dying in a state where he's worshipping Allah. When he's, where he's remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where he's affirming Tawheed. He dies in a state of shirk. Indeed. And it is a situation which is indeed sad and, and you know, scary. Something to fear. And so therefore, and we see here how the shirk, how and why the shirk of the mushrikeen, the polytheists of our times, why it is worse than the shirk of the earlier polytheists. Okay, why is it worse than the shirk of the, and the earlier polytheists? One way, okay, how is it worse? As the author mentioned, and one way it is, that is worse is, because the earlier polytheists, they used to uh, make the action sincerely for Allah alone during the times of difficulty. Whilst the uh, Mushrikeen, the polytheists of our times, they worship other than Allah during both their times of difficulty and times of, uh, of ease. So this is and one of the ways that it is worse. And other scholars have mentioned another way as well that the shirk of the polytheists of our time is worse than that of the earlier polytheists is that the polytheists of our time will worship anyone even that person was a sinner they will worship that person if that person or if they were amazed and with that person in one, one, one way or another and he meaning that the earlier polytheists those people that they worshipped they're righteous they worship their righteous and those people whom they worshipped were actually truly righteous. They were known to be actually truly righteous people in their community. So after those people died, because those people were so good, they were known to be so good, their good qualities, okay, they took them as deities be, uh, besides Allah Azza wa Jal, or along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the polytheists of our time, they worship the righteous and they worship the sinner, okay, and they will worship the disbeliever as well. And that is the reality. 
that is a reality and we hear these uh, brothers tell us I mean, about these situations all the time uh, they go and they went they travel back home okay and they see shrines okay they travel to certain places and they they see sh shrines this is Muslim countries they see shrines so when they ask okay who is this what is this and who is this for etc etc and when they ask question oh, how was this person and they find that actually this shrine was built for a person who was a drunk he was a drunk on the side of the road all the time dirty filthy you know long hair etc he was a drunk a person died they built a shrine over over his grave and took him as a a deity to worship this is reality I and mean, this is things which people have seen their own eyes so therefore any the polytheists of our time they worship the sinner the righteous anything if somebody amazes them in a certain way or other that person dies they build a shrine over him or over his grave and they take him as a deity I need to intercede for them as an intercessor and etc etc somebody that can answer their dua so this is the second point how the shirk of the polytheist of our time is worse than the shirk of the earlier and the polytheist Shri Abdul Razak he mentions he continues and he says and in these uh, masail these affairs that have been mentioned here in the fourth principle uh, is of course any regarding clarifying the truth and there's also refutation regarding the doubts any of the people of shirk okay so this four principle as well in a way is dealing with the doubts of the people and the of shirk these are their reasons that they give etc etc and these are the evidences or these are the steps okay those four principles are the steps that you can clarify their doubts to them by going through those four honey principles when you are giving them da'wah, when you're calling them honey to tawheed, explaining to them that those actions that you're doing is actually shirk this is not allowed and it is haram, Allah has forbidden this etc etc so those four principles give you step by step way how to give them da'wah and to help to remove those doubts and from them those confusion that they think that shirk is allowed and Shaykh Abdul mentions and so in this book the four principles this is mentioned in a very summarized manner but the scholar and the author has another book which is well known Kashf al-Shubahat a removal of the doubts he has a bigger book which is called removal of the doubts and in that book or that book and it is a very very important book a student of knowledge somebody learning okay, should not leave this book basically uh, without learning it they should not, uh, or should, that person should definitely learn this book because in there the author has mentioned all the rules all the principles and has mentioned them in detail how to remove doubts and from those who have fallen into shirk and he gives and he loads of different examples and he gives loads of different scenarios and brings the principles regarding that and the principles, the rules and the principles that a student of knowledge or somebody and he needs to give da'wah to the people of uh, shirk 
so that they can help them and to remove those confusion and which they fall into and the entrapment of shirk so therefore and in kashubahad uh, it is and in more detail and also and also is mentioned in the and in those points and with evidences etc etc so this is an important book and the sheikh says uh, is important and for a person to read so then the sheikh concludes and he says and so we ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he rewards this imam with the best of rewards and he due to his the great advice that he has left for the ummah and his clarification of tawheed and his clarification of shirk and warning against shirk which was one of his main jobs he could say one of his main jobs and his job that he took upon himself his mission and he to help remove those doubts remove people from shirk and bring them back to the tawheed of Allah whilst he was alive and this is one of his mission and he's the author so he wrote those books I need to help remove those doubts from the people. So he says that even today, and look, since the, the author has passed away, even today, these books are being taught and people are benefiting and from these books, from any different parts of the world. People are benefiting from them. People are learning from them and in the ways and the evidences on how to understand this Tawheed or the Tawheed and Shirk and also how to remove the doubts and from the people and come to the truth so with these books he has and the author has benefited a lot of people and a lot of people have been guided and he through those books through and he is teaching of his principle as mentioned in those books so Allah has guided any people and he by way of these books so he says that the author then ends these four treaties by saying tammat meaning ended okay we've reached the end we've ended and in the final qaida is mentioned that is the last thing he's mentioned so he's meant tammat and in that we have ended sallallahu ala nabina wa sallallahu ala muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam so he's ended with this okay now here it says you'll find that in certain communities that people warn against the author and especially people of shirk they warn against the author and they warn against his books and one of the ways that the what he's heard and the people say that people say that and to other others and those who are false and those false scholars they say to their people that Sheikh Muhammad ibn Wahhab he does not send peace and blessings upon the Prophet he doesn't say this he never says it now these people are and their people whom they are spreading this doubt to of course people who are ignorant they do not know now these people they feel in themselves that they will never hear or listen to a book or read a book who's written by somebody who does not send praises upon the Prophet yeah? so you'll find they'll do that 
best not to listen to a lesson that is mentioning the Sheikh's work, not to read a book only about the Sheikh's work. Why? Because one of their Imams, their false Imam, has placed a doubt into them that Sheikh Muhammad al-Wahhab, he does not say this. He doesn't say, Sallallahu ala Nabina Muhammad or Sallallahu ala Muhammadin, etc., etc. Now those people are miskeen. How can a person not say this upon the Prophet This person indeed must be a very bad person who doesn't say this. So therefore, and this is how the the scholars of misguidance, the imams of misguidance, another trick that they play on their people to turn them away from any the, the works of the scholar, from them benefiting from the works any of the, the scholar. And here we find, and this of course is false, is untrue, is a lie upon the author. And we find at the end of the four uh, the four principles we find that the author ends and says, "Was sallallahu ala Muhammad wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam." So he mentions this upon the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So therefore, this is indeed any false, it's a lie, any upon any the author. So again, he says, any so we ask Allah azza wa jal, any to reward the scholar, any the author. And we ask Allah to raise his rank and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make his scales of good deeds and he heavy. And we ask Allah Azzawajal we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make his believing and righteous slaves and to be together and in paradise. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us to his straight path. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify for us our worldly affairs and also our religious affairs. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he makes our life and he for us and gives us an increase in our life that would be any good for any our, our death. And that Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us ease from all of the different types of evil and that he forgives us and that he forgives all the Muslims, all of the believers and those who are alive and those who are, have passed and away. So we end with this. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى